I'm Connor Sweetman and welcome to InsureTech Radio, the podcast that teaches you about insurance innovation, technology and entrepreneurship. This week we're doing a deep dive into Hanover Re's HR Equarium platform. This platform solves two big problems. First is that insurers want to innovate, but often they don't know what solution to pick. There are hundreds of InsureTech companies and startups, so how do insurers and reinsurers know which solution to go with? The second problem is that these insurtech startups often struggle to get their foot in the door and present their solution to insurance companies. So HR Equarium solves this problem by creating what they describe as an app store for insurance innovation. So if you're an insurtech startup, you apply to have your business featured on the platform. And if you're an insurer, you can use the platform to select the right solution for the problem that you're trying to solve. And the person who led the development and launch of this initiative at Hanover Re is Patrick Kosmutsky. Patrick is a senior actuary at Hanover Re. In addition to that, he is also the head of HR Equarium. In this episode, we tell the story of HR Equarium, and we also talk about innovation more broadly. And in particular, Patrick provides some really great practical tips about how to successfully execute internal innovation in large organizations. Please enjoy. Patrick, you're very welcome to InsureTech Radio. How's it going? Very good. Thank you for inviting me. I'm, I'm quite well. I really appreciate you taking the time. So really interested in the work you've been doing at Hanover Re, particularly with uh, the HR Equarium. So maybe can you just give us a sense of uh, your background? How did you fall into insurance? I, I'm a mathematician. I studied mathematics and then I started in reinsurance. That's quite a good field to work for a mathematician in 2004, actually in Munich, and then joined Hanover Re 2006. And since then I worked for different departments. I started in, in as a marketing actuary in German market. And meanwhile, I'm, I'm ma- mainly working for our life and health board members here. Cool. And some of our audience may not be familiar with Hanover Re or like what reinsurance even is. So maybe could you briefly introduce the company and just tell us a little bit about how reinsurance works? Yes, of course. Uh, Hanover Re is the third largest reinsurer. The reinsurers insure the insurers. (laughs) Yeah, the idea is just that you can have as an insurance companies, you can have risks that are beyond uh, your risk appetite, and then you can need to find some, someone else who's taking part of this risk. And that's, for example, a big, big uh, topic is is natural ca- catastrophes. So yet you have the hurricane season is just, just starting in the US. And if you're a US insurer and a hurricane comes to Florida, then you can have a big problem. And then usually you're giving some of these risks to reinsurance companies. And Hanover V is just one of them. But not the smallest one, of course. Cool. I think that leads on nicely to the to the topic of innovation. I've been really impressed by Hanover Re's efforts in this area. I've met a good few people through the podcast who have come through various Hanover Re programs. But how did you become interested in innovation yourself? Uh, yeah, for me, innovation is is not a purpose in itself. Because when if you look at this, there are a lot of things going on and not everything that's new has, has real value or makes sense. But I'm as a person, I'm more like I hate inefficiencies. And you could say I'm a kind of optimizer. 
if you try to optimize the things you're doing, the processes, and you, you think you work, could it be easier, things like that, you automatically come across innovation or innovate, innovative ideas because mostly making things more efficient needs some new technologies or innovations in some kind. And so that's my natural link to, to innovation, I would say. Cool. And then when it comes to um, building that within a company, uh, so you're involved in setting up HR Equarium. Can, can you describe what HR Equarium is? Yeah, of course. HR Equarium is a, an online platform for innovative insurance solutions and services. I think that the, the main idea behind is to say there's a lot of innovation going on, mostly or often in insurtech companies that are just looking at little pieces in the insurance value chain. We thought on our end to say, okay, what can we do in that in that regard? The idea was to say, okay, we are reinsurers. We are not a tech company in a way, so we can do a couple of things on our own, but we can't solve each and every pro problem as a reinsurance company. We probably also have a different kind of mindset and different people than kind of innovative insure uh, techs or tech companies. We are mainly, reinsurers are known to be conservative and I think they have to do to, to be that because if you are an insurance company and want to give some of your risks away, then you want to have a solid partner and you, you, you need to make sure that you get the money when you need it. And so that, that brings to us a little bit different mindset, I would say. But we also know we are quite good, have a good global network in the insurance space. So we, you could say we know mainly all insurance companies in the world. And we have quite a good understanding of the local insurance markets because we have people everywhere in the world. And we also, I think we also know quite well what the insurers need. That's maybe a little bit different to insure tech companies that for them, it's easier to, to come up with something new. They, they have a little bit different mindset and just try things out maybe, but it's hard for them to get to a real good network in the insurance world. And and the idea was just to, to bring these things together and build a kind of app store for insurers, if you want. Yeah, that's that's how, how, how we started that. So is it that if I'm an insure tech and I'm looking to find business partners uh, in the insurance world, I would apply to be part of this platform and then insurers would then search for the list of potential solutions. Is that how it works? Yes, that's exactly how it works. So you... It, it's an easy process to become a InsurTech on our, our platform. We just have three criteria. So the, the solution needs to be innovative and insurance related and B2B. So we are not interested in in, in a B2C uh, solution. So if you're just selling insurance through an online platform to the end customer, that's not something for, for Aquarium. But if you have a B2B or B2B2C solution, then that is something that you can put in. It needs to be market ready. So in a way, we don't just want to have kind of fancy ideas. We just really have things that if an insurer is interested, can just relatively quickly bring into execution. The platform is open, so you can just go to our website. It's www.aquarium.com. And you can pitch your solution in three easy steps. On the other end, in insurers, as you mentioned, that can just scroll to that. We have different categories and, and 
and find just new things that, that, that hopefully help them to uh, make their business more efficient, make their business better and help them to grow. Cool. And maybe could you share a couple of the success stories that have started on the platform? You're at the embryonic stage of a lot of uh, very positive relationships. So do any examples come to mind? Quite in the beginning, there was a little bit of hype around the topic. So there was a huge grow quite in the beginning. And just within that, that, that made us a little bit excited because in the, the first few weeks, we received a request for a overall cooperation from from a U.S. insurer that wants to, to work with Hanover V. And this request came directly across Aquarium a couple of weeks ago. So we mentioned that there's a insure tech from the U.K. It's called Flood Flash. It's a kind of parametric solutions for, for flood insurance and for small businesses. And we have a cooperation with them. It's also something that, that came across the Aquarium platform. But we're happy with tangible outputs here, but it's also kind of we want to facilitate our clients a kind of service as well. It's not that, that it's, there has to be great direct outputs at any time. So we, we are seeing it's also a little bit about just connecting the, the, the white partners together. It's not just about Hanover. It's just also about helping our clients to find their right we can we, we know what kind of connections they made but we don't follow everything so at some point we just let them go cool um well i'm wondering if we could shift gears slightly and just to talk about how one can execute big solutions like this within big organizations we all have these ideas about how to innovate and do things better but it's actually very rare that they get executed on particularly when you're in larger organizations when there's you know multiple competing priorities so maybe if we could just start off at the idea stage, like where did the idea for HR Equarium come from? Yeah, that's that's quite an interesting point because a couple of years ago, there was something organized here uh, in, in the surrounding of Hanover that was called the Innovation Camp. It was just on the life and health side, but 16, 16 life and health colleagues from all over the world were brought to Hanover. And the task was work one week to find new ideas for Hanover. What they really said is, in five years' time, Hanover V will be known as something. And you had to put this one into that. And one of the ideas was the what we called at that point insurance app store, what, 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 which became the, the HR Aquarium later on. And the thinking behind is exactly what I mentioned before. Insurers, reinsurers are not tech companies and all these things. And couldn't we have something that that's the kind of app store for insurers then it was brought to the global management forum and was also again picked there as one of the ideas that should be followed up and then we we started to work out a concept we also tried a little bit to to make that a little bit different than we have done in the past so we set up a kind of in these days it was quite new to have these video conferencing tools was quite new at our organization. So we set up a global team to work out really a detailed concept about that. Then we said, okay, let's build the internal pilot. And the internal pilot then came an external HRQM actually. And I think our approach was kind of, and I think that's for me one of the key success factors here. We didn't want to, to source that out to, let's say, a large consultancy. 
So really, we said we want to have a kind of small startup-like approach. So that means we have a small internal team responsible, I think, for, for just a handful of people responsible for the idea and things like on. We also had a, a coder team that did something we outsourced, but has also just been three coders sitting in Berlin. And we really had agile processes, no con big concept papers, things like that, just starting to do these things. And today, maybe that sounds normal or it sounds normal to insure tech companies, but for large organizations, this has been quite at least different, I would say. Yeah, I think that really was a success factor to do it from internal, from a small team, growing it, starting small, growing the things. And on the good side, what we really had was one board member here who was convinced of the idea and who supported us. So we didn't have large committees and, and things like that, all the things that make these kind of process a little bit slow and a little bit cumbersome, I would say. Yeah, and like I really have to admire your persistence with it because particularly when these things do take a lot of time and also, you, as you said, you have your day job to do as well. A lot of times these things just stay on the shelf. So really well done in, in getting it off the ground and uh, going through all those challenges. W was there ever a moment that was like particularly challenging that you had to overcome? I think we, we not really had big issues. I think that the, what, what we worked on in the beginning, quite a lot, we, we maybe a little bit oversought all the different things and tried to convince all people. I think that's probably something that that is something I would do differently, at least from now. Once we started just doing it and not try to theoretically explain it in a way that everyone buys in. So I think what we what we achieved is that a few people buy uh, bought in and say, okay, this is this is interesting and let's do it. And then you have just to do it. And as you mentioned, be persistent and stay on that. There have been times where we said, okay, let's stop that. That's so, uh, that's so long and so much work. And uh, no one really wants that. Was not that case, but uh, maybe no one, not everyone really wants that. So then you have to overcome that. And, and at, at the end, it's easier for the people to see the final result, even it's not perfect to understand what the values are. And this is what at the end worked out. So you don't have to convince everybody really early. It, it's, it's fine if you just convince a few, but you have to convince them at the end with the final product. And that worked quite out super well here in, in, in our case. Yeah, and I think uh, you mentioned, you know, you, you worked with a, a team in Berlin and uh, you followed a, an agile methodology. That, that probably played to your favor as well and that, you know, you could build a rough mock-up relatively early and then you're kind of uh, iterating and improving on that as time goes by. But at least you can see something and, and you can show that to someone and they get the ideas instead of it just being a theory or an email. Absolutely, and, and we are still doing that. We are, so we're iterating and iterating, we'll be doing it not in, in, in that manner that we have done when we built it, but we, we're doing still uh, iteration steps and adding features. And for example, we have now automatic translations of all the stuff because for us it's important that it's international and you have some, some countries, Germany, for example, is a good case, where now people prefer to read it in their, in their mother tongue. And, and so we have these automatic translation tools are getting better and better. And so we said, okay, 
let's build that in. So that's a good feature to, to make it easier to, to read through that. And I think that's the kind of steps that we take. And, and yeah, that's, that's the mindset that we have. And I think that's, that's how it works today. And it's not that you, you building up one concept and then you build it and then you're finished. I think that's a little bit of the old, the old mindset that that's, that's not so favorable. Finally, then, just moving on to the, the idea of entrepreneurship and executing innovative ideas within companies. For people listening who are maybe sitting in a reinsurance company, an insurance company, a broker, what tips do you have for executing these kind of ideas in big organizations? I would say uh, sticking with a small team is for me one of the important things. And also... Don't over-formalize uh, the, 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 the surrounding around the, the project. The key must be the project. And it's easier with few people to build on something. And then it's better to finish something at a point say it doesn't make sense than to, to overthink every, everything in advance. And what I really learned for myself is to, to trust more in your, in your, and in this case, in my own problem solving skills. So. I think maybe that's it's a, that's an issue for for mathematicians and actuaries to really want to solve it theoretically in the beginning and then just do it. But it's easier to just start doing and then doing things and then really we always find a solution or found a solution on any any problem that popped up and and you have don't have to solve any anything in, in the beginning and then I think that's an important thing and you need the sponsors or people that. That, that that control you in a way they need to trust in your uh, solving problem skills as well so they need to trust you and then then it works quite well otherwise you you're you're just dealing with with all the organization around projects and that that's from my point of view a lot of these things are wasted time because no one's really interested in project reports from two years ago that's waste uh, there needs to be some control on that I, i'm quite keen but i think it doesn't need a formal formal approach on that but i think that's a tricky part for for large organizations to get to the point to to, to see that and just my personal view maybe you can also see the difference uh great well look patrick i really appreciate you taking the time i really admire the work you've done with hre aquarium i'm going to put the link to the platform in the podcast notes where can people find you on social media or how can people get in contact with you i, I think i'm 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 on on linkedin you, know, you can write me write me questions or just contact me con- connect to, to to myself we get you, you can also put questions directly on the aquarium platform there is a contact form so that also get, may, mostly gets directly to me and yeah we're quite happy to discuss with anyone and uh, see what kind of partnerships we, we can grow from that. Great. Well, Patrick, thank you for joining me. Thank you, Connor. That was quite a pleasure on my side as well. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on LinkedIn. And please visit our website, insuretechireland.org. See you next week.